My message has been titled Under the Influence. We are under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Can I have an amen on that? And Holy Spirit, again, I want to remind us, is the power or the action behind God. When I say that, I'm not saying God is less. Do you realize that? I'm talking about the function and the purpose of Holy Spirit. He is so good. But when God says he wants something done, he sends Holy Spirit to do it. (laughs) And he sends people like you to do it through the unction and the power of the Holy Spirit. Can I have an amen on that? And so, again, as Gary has been touched by by Holy Spirit, his heart is getting stronger. We need to continue to pray for his lungs. There's something going on with his lungs, but uh, even this morning, or, uh, his uh, oxygen content was higher, so we're, we're thanking God for that. Is that good? So I just want to continue to give God testimony. I want to give the testimony of what God's doing. Uh, we had several testimonies last week, that, that what, what the Lord's up to, but uh, Lord, I just want to say thank you for Gary Tower. I thank you that you are not done with him, and I just speak to the lungs right now and i say be cleared up be made whole in the name of jesus emphysema of the past go ahead and get out in jesus name and i just speak to the lungs of gary i speak healing deliverance and freedom because you are our healer and our deliverer you are more than enough you are what we need lord jesus and so lord we thank you that you are still still in the healing business. You are still into signs, wonders, and miracles. You are a God that is not dead, but you are fully, fully alive. You are fully alive on the earth. And I thank you, God, that you're increasing the water table of your spirit. You're increasing faith. You're increasing our believing hearts. And I thank you, God, for increasing our faith in this hour. We will trust in you. Mm, In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. So thank you for Gary. Thank you, God, for the many testimonies that are in this room of your goodness. And so, Lord, we love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So again, as I get into the message today, it's amazing how time flies in the service and God is good and he's speaking. I really have felt last week, even this week, um, the Lord continues to um, uh, give me a, a holy boldness and a confidence of what he's doing. And uh, he's, uh, we're, 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 we're really poised for some good things, guys. We really are. And if you don't believe that, pinch yourself and say, it's true. <laughs> oh, goodness. Well, um, I want to continue on uh, this message of being under the influence. I know it's kind of a play on words, and we know that in our culture, there's a lot of people. It's my understanding that one in four drivers are going down the road under the influence of something. And so you're, you're by faith, taking your life into your own hands every time you drive down the road. Uh, Do you guys realize that, that there are impaired drivers under the influence of whether it be a drug, an alcohol, or some other substance. Uh, It's amazing how our culture is really in desperate need of the Spirit of God. They're in desperate need, you know, and and that's just uh, just 
a small fraction of what's going on in our culture. But we have an answer, and we have something to give people, right? I believe we are, have been intoxicated. We've been infected with a virus that is to be shared and given away. Amen? And so today, we're going to continue to talk about being under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Again, I want to reemphasize the Holy Spirit is really God working in His divine power and we need to tap into the divine power through the Holy Spirit, and we need to bring uh, the Holy Spirit into our culture. Amen? And so I've been talking about how the Spirit of God in the Old Testament, I've stuck with the Old Testament, really, hopefully, even next week as I get into the message, I'm hoping that to, to, to get towards the end of the Old Testament. I mean, we could spend literally week upon week upon week talking about the Spirit of God. Um, but I, I'm just kind of hitting some mountaintops and some foundational things that are going to be really important when we start moving into the, into the New Testament and what the Lord wants to do in His people by the Spirit of God. And so that's why I went to the Old Testament. Last week we talked about the spirit of ecstasy a little bit. I gave you some scriptures. I really appreciate many of you said you read those scriptures. And uh, you really couldn't just read the scriptures I'd given you because there was so much more there to, to read about really what was going on in those passages. But I'm going to start kind of begin to unpack this. And to be honest with you, there's no way in 15, 20 minutes we're going to unpack it all. So obviously God's going to continue to, to build this message in our hearts. Are you guys cool with that? Yeah. All right. Are you okay with that, Jesus? Yeah, okay, good. Well, in the Old Testament, there were many occasions where... The Holy Spirit moved in divine power, and it seemed that the Holy Spirit literally overtook and even at times possessed men and women of God so fully that it affected their speech, it affected their strength, it affected their uh, boldness. It, it, literally, the Spirit of God came on them in such a degree, the spirit of ecstasy came on them, that it, it, it changed their normal state. Is anybody out there? Their words, their actions far transcended those of normal behavior. Such a person was clearly marked as an agent of God in the Old Testament, that when that kind of stuff happened, the spirit of ecstasy would come on them. Again, we're talking about a supernatural state uh, that is not normal as we operate in our normal daily life and in the old testament we're going to read many scriptures today hopefully we'll get through all of them but the holy spirit would come everybody say say come upon, come upon. the holy spirit would come upon someone and holy spirit would be the action the power behind what god was doing through that individual okay and so what I want to do today is to begin to go through some of those examples where the Holy Spirit came upon them and what took place so that we can get a good foundation that really, and what has blessed me about studying this, you know, I, I, I think we all know, but I, I just had, had really more of an understanding of the New Testament and the Holy Spirit than really the Old Testament and the Holy Spirit. And they really are two in one. I mean, they really have, I mean, they, they are still, the Holy Spirit's course is still the same today and forever, right? We know that. But 
God has been doing the same things in the Old Testament that he did in the New Testament, and, and there's just, it's just been refreshing. So I'm hoping to be able to begin to unpack some of that uh, with us today and talk about what does this look like. I, I went and looked up on Wikipedia, and this is what Wikipedia says about spiritual ecstasy, okay, or religious ecstasy as they would put it. Religious ecstasy is a type of altered state of consciousness characterized by greatly reduced external awareness. How many know we need to have not very much external awareness when we're in worship? If you're aware of your external environments during worship, usually you don't get very far in your worship. Have you ever noticed that? But characterized by greatly reduced external awareness and expanded interior mental and spiritual awareness, frequently accompanied by visions and emotional and sometimes physical euphoria or power. Everybody say power. power. Although the experience is usually brief in time, there are records of such experiences lasting several days or even more and of recurring experiences of ecstasy during one's lifetime. How many would like to have an experience with God like that? How many believe that God still does that kind of stuff? It's not just because we're a charismatic church, right? Well, I want to look into some Old Testament examples. And we're going to start with Moses today. And we're going to move. I've got five or six examples that I want to hit. And I want to begin to really challenge us on what are we believing for and what are we standing for as a people. Okay? Because Moses, there were many times when the Holy Spirit moved in divine power over Moses that far transcended normal behavior. I mean, Moses really did some wild and wacky stuff. Do you guys realize that? And so his behavior and what was going on in, in Moses at the time far, I mean, far transcended anything that was of normal behavior. Now, I want to just imagine, if you will with me for a moment, when Moses goes up and they've, I mean, he's at Mount Sinai and he's gone for 40 days. And he comes down from Mount Sinai and the Spirit of God is all over Moses. And his face is shining. We're not talking about a sunburn, as many would suppose, but literally he had to put something over his head. Because the glory of the Lord, the presence of the Holy Spirit was so on him from spending time with God face to face that his ecstatic experience that he was having with God was manifesting in the natural. You just think about that. Now, this isn't just a fairy tale. This is the Word of God. This is true. This happened. This isn't just some made-up stuff. I think of Moses when Moses was called by God at the burning bush. And the bush was burning but not consumed. And God speaks to Moses and he gives him his assignment. And he tells Moses what he wants to do. And then what does Moses do? You know, he's, he, he really goes on the backside of a desert for a while, doesn't he? 
And he gets prepared for the task of what? Delivering God's people from bondage. Now think about this. The children of Israel at this time had been enslaved for 400 years. That's longer than America has existed. Now think about this. All we know of America, and boy is it changing, but children of Israel had been slaves for 400 years. And God commissions Moses and he says, Moses, I want you to set my people free. I'm going to send you to Pharaoh. And what was Moses' problem? Do you guys remember what Moses' problem was? His speech. His confidence. And so Moses goes from this not feeling confident stuttering, whatever you want to call, speech impediment. I have no clue what it was. We really don't know. But there's this boldness in Moses that far transcends a, his, his normal temperament, his normal makeup, his normal who he is. The Spirit of God begins to do something different upon Moses. Because God was doing something in Moses and he was going to do something through Moses. Are you with me? And we, I've already shared some of the stories about the Red Sea and how when the wind came, the wind, Ruach, was actually spirit. And when Moses put down his staff and the waters parted, it was spirit of God coming and moving and moving the waters out of the way and drying up the land. It was the spirit of God doing that work through Moses. And I could go through all kinds of examples of Moses, but for the sake of time, guys, man, you ought to read all the stuff about Moses. It is fun. You can spend hours and days reading about what Moses did. I mean, I think of him from the striking of the rock and water coming out of the rock in order to provide the water for the children of Israel. I mean, whoo, anybody? That's a new well. I mean, I think of what uh, Alger made reference to, Moses holding up his arms as Joshua was, was fighting the battle. Uh, against the Amalekites and as long as Moses kept his hands up they were beating the Amalekites and then the, and then he started getting tired and um, uh, Aaron and Hur came up and lifted Moses's hands but again the spirit of God this thing of the spirit of ecstasy coming over uh, uh, over Moses upon Moses and as God was moving and putting it on Moses, it was then being transcended and, tra and then imparted to the children of Israel as they were literally doing battle. There doesn't have to be any distance in the power of God that you and I carry. If I can't get to the hospital, there's no distance in prayer. Can I have an amen on that? Lift up your hands to God and I thank you, God, that you, and you begin to, to declare thy kingdom come and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. There's all kinds of things about Moses that I'm not going to go into today. But this is one of the passages that it said about Moses that I love so much. If you wouldn't mind, turn on the PowerPoint in Deuteronomy 34. Since then, no prophet has risen in Israel like Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face, <laughs> who did all these signs and wonders the Lord sent him to do in Egypt, to Pharaoh and to all his officials, 
and to his whole land. For no one has ever seen the mighty power or performed the awesome deeds that Moses did in the sight of all Israel. And again, going back to it, the Lord knew him face to face. And what else? The Lord sent him to do in Egypt. There was, a, there, was a, there was an assignment that Moses had and Holy Spirit was the power working through Moses to do the bidding of God. Everybody say amen on that. Amen. What about Elijah? Does everybody remember who Elijah was in the Old Testament? Elijah, the spirit of ecstasy comes on Elijah and he begins to prophesy to Ahab. Spirit of ecstasy comes on him. He begins to prophesy to Ahab and say, Ahab, it's not going to rain for three and a half years. Ahab, I'm sure, thought of something different. What was the story about Elijah and the 400 prophets of Baal? And they go up on Mount Carmel, and, and, and they're up on Mount Carmel. And, and again, God has sent Elijah on a, on a task. He sent him on a, an assignment because Israel and all their people around them, were what were they doing? They were serving false gods. The prophets of Baal, there were so many prophets of Baal, they worshipped Baal. We won't go into what Baal was right now. And God was wanting to do something in, chi in the children of Israel. And so what happens in that story? I mean, the boldness that is on Elijah. I mean, think about the boldness that's on Elijah to say, oh yeah, pour more water on the fire. Oh, that's not enough. Pour some more so that the wood's saturated. Put some more water on it so that the, there's, the entrench is filled with water. Oh, that's not enough. Think about the boldness. The Holy Spirit came in such ecstasy on Elijah that Elijah knew why he was there. He knew what the purpose was, and he was going to call fire from heaven to consume the sacrifice. But why was God having Elijah do that? Does anybody know the story? Because Elijah had been sent. God, God had sent Elijah to turn Israel back to God. And God was backing up the call on Elijah's life with signs and wonders. The ecstasy of God was coming all over Elijah because he had called this man to bring Israel back to God. That's why the Lord sent him. Imagine after the sacrifice had been consumed, it says in the word that the Holy Spirit came on Elijah and he ran ahead of Ahab from Mount Carmel to Jezreel. And he ran, it was about a 20, 18 to 25 miles is what they estimate from Carmel to, 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 from Mount Carmel to, to Jezreel. And so Ahab has a team of horses and a chariot. And just imagine the Holy Spirit coming, you know, and there's a lot of scholars out there that believe uh, it really wasn't. He was just a good runner because he came from the region of great runners. The Bible says the Holy Spirit came upon him and he ran to Jezreel. Now, I don't know about you. 
on my best day, I can run three miles, maybe, <laughs> if I'm lucky. The spirit of ecstasy does something about empowering you to do something that you no normally aren't able or aren't capable of doing, is where I'm going with this. You guys with me? And so, Elijah did some really amazing things, didn't he? I love the story about the Shulamite woman, and the boy has died, and what does Elijah do? Elijah goes up into the room, and he lays on top of a 12-year-old boy. I don't think that really, oh boy, don't call CPS on that one. <laughs> so just imagine the kid's dead. Spirit of ecstasy comes all over Elijah for a purpose. He goes up into that room. The, the boy's on a bed, and I'm going to lay out prostrate on this kid. I mean, just picture this in your mind, guys. I understand why he cleared out the room. There's going to be some people thinking, man, this dude is off his gourd. Does that excite anybody? Mm. Well, all kinds of other stuff. I know last week I talked about uh, Samson briefly, about the strength of Samson. Can you pull those two scriptures up, guys? Sorry about that. My, there we go. Uh, yeah, 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 that's one. The Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon uh, Samson so that he tore the lion apart with his bare hands as he might have torn a young goat. Anybody torn any young goats lately? Imagine a baby goat, and you, I guess you could, ugh, that's even a rough picture to even imagine. But there was this spirit, the spirit of the Lord was on, uh, on, on Samson to such a degree that he had the strength. And we know the story, the other passage that I had you guys read this week, the spirit of the Lord came powerfully, everybody say, upon him. Everybody say, upon him. upon him. The ropes on his arms became like charred flax, and the bindings dropped from his hands. Finding a fresh jawbone of a donkey, he grabbed it and struck down a thousand Philistines. Everybody say, a thousand Philistines. Yeah. Now, I, I want you to realize, do anybody know how big a jaw of a donkey is? It's not that big. But again, I want to remind us. What was the purpose for Samson's life? Does anybody realize how he was set apart? Do you guys realize that it says in the word of God that his mother was barren? And the, 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 a prophet said, you're going to have a son. And he is to be a Nazarite. He's to consume no alcoholic beverage. He's to not cut his hair because I have set him aside for my purpose, the angel said. And so from birth, mom and papa already knew, dude, this guy's, this guy's set apart. I understand that. I know my children are set apart. Does anybody else know their children are set apart for the Lord? The spirit, I, I can't even imagine. I mean, if Samson, I, I really, you know, what Samson really did, and I, I'm kind of getting ahead of myself, and it's okay, we'll just go where I go. Samson, I really think, could have actually brought the deliverance to the children of Israel. He started the deliverance of the children of Israel from the Philistines. 
Did you hear me? He started it. He didn't get to finish it. And the reason he didn't get to finish it, it's up to debate. I personally believe it's because he got jacked up with too many women. He, he liked the women. He liked the flesh. And I don't know that he fully did what the Lord had called him to do. But the spirit of ecstasy came on him in such a way that it made him a very powerful man in the natural. He didn't have to work for his abs. The spirit of God gave them to him. But God had a purpose for his life to deliver the people of God from the oppressive rule of the Philistines. And here's where I'm going today. And I, gosh, I've got so many stinking scriptures. Now, before I go there, let's read a couple more scriptures. I'm going to read these scriptures. I want, to see, I want you to, and this is, this is with uh, Saul. The Spirit of the Lord will come powerfully. He's talking to Saul. The Spirit of the Lord will come powerfully upon you, and you will prophesy with them, and you will be changed into a different person. Anybody want that? Once these signs are fulfilled, do whatever your hand finds to do, for God is with you, and God's talking to Saul. He's, go, he, he, he's telling him, you're going to be a different person when the Spirit of God comes on you. The next passage out of 1 Samuel 10, as Saul turned to leave Samuel, God changed Saul's heart, and all these signs were fulfilled that day when he and his servants arrived at Gibeah. A procession of prophets met him. The Spirit of God came powerfully upon him, and he joined in the prophesying. When all those who had formerly known him saw Saul prophesying with the prophets, they asked each other, what is this that has happened to the son of Kish? Is Saul among the prophets? As the spirit of ecstasy was coming on Saul, not because he was asking for it. And then the next passage out of 1 Samuel 19, 20, then Saul sent messengers to take David. You've got to remember Saul was pursuing David. Saul... Saul was losing his kingship to David, and now Saul was pursuing David to take him out. And so Saul sends his messengers to David, and when they saw the company of the prophets with Samuel standing and presiding over them, the Spirit of God came upon the messengers of Saul, and they also prophesied. So just imagine three squads of soldiers coming to get David. They're going to take him back. And the first squad of soldiers get there, and as soon as they come in the presence of the prophetic proximity of the prophets, they begin to prophesy, not even against their will. And so they go back, and they tell Saul what happened, and Saul sends another squad of soldiers to get David. And what happens the second time? The spirit of prophecy comes all over, the spirit of ecstasy comes on them, and they all begin to prophesy. He does this three times. Saul does this three times, goes back, and again, the Spirit of God comes upon the squads of soldiers and they begin to prophesy the word of the Lord. That's the spirit of ecstasy then. Now Saul goes, man, i got to find out what's going on with these crazy loons. And Saul now goes, and Saul, Spirit comes all over Saul and he begins to prophesy. Now it's not just Saul prophesying a little bit. Saul strips down naked, and he is prophesying all day and all night on his bed. So imagine this lunatic 
well, he was getting to become a lunatic. And he's on his bed all day and all night. Again, the spirit of ecstasy, has it can, go, it can last hours, days. I've seen people out in the spirit, and they had to carry him out of the sanctuary. Anybody seen that before? And I could go on over, and I'm not going to go through all the other scriptures. You can just take that scripture down, because I could go to 1 Samuel 16, where David is anointed with oil by Samuel, and the Spirit of God comes upon David in such power. I could talk to you about Gideon, Zechariah, Joshua, Jacob, Deborah. I could talk about all the minor prophets, about how the spirit of ecstasy would come upon them. They would prophesy. They would boldly declare. They would do all these amazing feats. Daniel in the lion's den. Think about all the stuff that the Word of God talks about in the Old Testament. They're not just stories. All these men and women of the Word of God in the Old Testament, the spirit of ecstasy would come upon them and they would go into a supernatural state, an intensified or heightened state of power, boldness, signs, wonders, it would happen. And the Hebrew thought at that time was, this is the Hebrew thought. The Hebrew thought was this ecstatic experience was seen as a direct effect of the power of the Spirit of God on a person's life. And in the Old Testament, that is how leaders were chosen. They were acknowledged is when the power of the Spirit of God would come upon them. They were set apart for service unto God. In the Old Testament and we're going to get into some of that Old Testament how that began to change that leads us into the New Testament because at the beginning that's how leaders were set apart and then later as it changed into more of a monarchical thing and it goes from generation to generation leaders were no longer based upon the Holy Spirit and the, and the, and the, and the power issue it was more a generational thing and we're going to get into that in a little bit next week I'm gonna talk about that hopefully but here's where I want to, if, if I was to go back to all these scriptures, go ahead and put them back. I want to highlight just two words because it's going to be important when we get into talking about it in the New Testament and the power of the Holy Spirit. Look at that. Came powerfully upon. Hopefully this will change. Oh, pretty flowers. The Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon will come powerfully upon you. Oops. David's presence, brothers, and the Spirit of the Lord came upon, powerfully upon David. Do you see the word upon? We're, I'm not going to go into that today because we don't have enough time. But there's this issue that, and here's where I, I really want to bring this home. And I don't know why God's having me emphasize this so much. I think I do, but I'm not sure. <laughs> you guys okay with that? In the Old Testament, the Spirit came upon people to, and enabled them to perform divinely appointed tasks for God. In the Old Testament, and, it, and we're going to see it in the New Testament when we get there, literally the Spirit of ecstasy came upon these men and women of God to empower them and to enable them to do 
God's bidding, to do what God wanted, to bring the kingdom of heaven to the earth. Now you say, Eric, why are you talking so slowly? Moses came to deliver God's people from 400 years of slavery. Elijah was a prophet who urged Israel to turn from sin and return to, to the true God. Samson began God's deliverance of his people from the oppressive rule of the Philistines. Saul began to, to bring king rulership instead of the judges, and he was to protect Israel from the Philistines, even though he messed up. David was to build the house of God and to restore the fear of the Lord to the children of Israel. And I could go through all these things. These people had assignments from heaven. Every one of them, they had an assignment. The ecstasy of God, yes, it makes us feel good, and yes, it comes upon us. But I'm telling you, if you are being endued with power from on high, it is for a purpose. It's not so you can have a religious experience and feel good about yourself, although you will feel good. I'm telling you, you will feel good when you get drunk in the Spirit. But if you get drunk in the Spirit, it's going to be for a purpose. Whether God's delivering you from something or He's doing something on the inside of you, it is not just for you to, oh, that feels good, and jerk all day. But the jerking should lead to something that God is doing in you for an assignment of heaven. It's important that you hear this. Because I've seen in the body of Christ, because the body of Christ is immature because of her lack of word. And, be, and I'm not talking about this church, I'm talking the body at all. Because the church and consumerism has come into the church so deeply, we think church and our experience with God is just to make my billfold bigger and my health better and to make things go easier and smoother for my life. No, it's actually the very opposite. You may have good wealth, but it's to propel the kingdom of heaven. You have an assignment. Say, I have an assignment. I have an assignment. Say it. Do you believe it? Yes. You have an assignment. We have a purpose from God. Each of us, individually, you have an assignment. And that assignment is not going to be able to be accomplished in your strength. You ain't good enough to do it in your own strength. So in the Old Testament, the wind came. The breath of God came. The spirit of ecstasy came. And he empowered these people to do extraordinary things for God. Because they had an assignment from heaven. And when I say I've got a secret for you, there's a visitation coming. I'm not saying it's just so we can have a party. The party's going to lead to something. The party's going to change you. The party's going to consume you. 
The divine power is coming to you. It's going to be on you and in you. Say, I have an assignment. Say, I have an assignment. See, the divine power of God's coming over all of us and in us and through us and oozing out of us to accomplish God's purpose on the earth. To give people the power to do things beyond their normal capacity, their normal speech, their normal temperament, their normal conservatism, their normal boldness maybe even, that maybe the bold become like lambs and the lambs become like lions. See, I believe the Spirit of God's wanting to take us all into a heightened state. A supernatural state. To do supernatural stuff. It's not for our glory. It's not for our feel good. Although you will feel good. It's to destroy darkness. It's to set captives free. It's to break in to this culture. Bring the power of God in His presence. Because people think God's dead. They think He's not working any longer. Oh, but are they sadly mistaken? Because God is getting ready to have a visitation with His people. He's going to supernaturally do things that really mess your thinking up. So when we say we're raising up radical, passionate, aggressive lovers of God from the next generation who will love deeply, speak truthfully, serve sacrificially, live holy, and go globally in the supernatural power and presence of the Holy Spirit. That's what we're talking about. And this foundational thing of the Old Testament, God was and is still in the fire-breathing business. 
He is still a consuming fire. He is still the alpha and the omega. He is still the beginning and he is still the end. He is the king of kings and he is the Lord of lords. And he will bring an increase of his government in you if you believe. If you will position yourself under the king of glory. He will have his way. He will have his way. I say, oh God, you will have your way in the earth. You will have your way in the earth. You will have your way in me, say. say he will have his way in me. You will have your way in me, oh God. Because I'm tired of business as usual. I've got to have more of God. I've got to have more of God. I've got to have more of the precious Holy Spirit. And I'm telling you, the Bible is jam-packed from Old Testament to New Testament of a God who moves in power, of a God who takes the water and he parts it, brings water from a rock, brings healing to, the, to a dead son. It's packed from stem to stern. The gospel is about power. The gospel is about power. The gospel is about power. Just because your experience has not experienced that power, you're not going to rewrite the Bible. And if we're not seeing what God has said in His Word, we're going to contend for what God says in His Word and believe Him for it. Because people are going to prophesy. People are going to dream dreams, and then they're going to interpret the dreams. Instead of this crud stuff of, I don't know what the dream is for. I guess I'll put it on the shelf. Well, Spirit of God hadn't broke on that one, so oh, don't have time of that one. Put that dream over there. People are going to prophesy. They're going to dream dreams. They're going to see visions. They're going to interpret visions. They're going to have power. They're going to be bold. To do extraordinary deeds for the purpose of God. Can I have an amen on that? Because God wants to. Because God wants to. He's been doing it from the beginning. Can I have an amen on that? My question is, is do you believe it? The question is, is do you believe he wants to move in power? Do you believe he wants to move in power in you? Stand up with me for a moment. We got to get under the influence. This picture was given to Karen and I when we had our first son, Joel Samuel. And I can have this in all three of my children's room. It should be. You can put the music on. That's great, Mom. That's perfect. I felt the anointing right on it. And I'm going to read this. The Lord took me to this picture this morning as I was praying. And I'm going to read it to you. And I'm getting emotional because my son Joel is just 
amazing me? Because he goes through a fiery trial. that is producing power. Pray for him when you get a chance. Oh gosh, I've got to wear my glasses to read it. Okay, I want to read this. When God wants something great done, please keep the music on, Mike. When God wants something great done in this world, he doesn't dispatch a legion of avenging angels. Neither does he call forth a whirlwind, nor ignite the fuse of volcanic fireworks. No commandeering of troops into battle, nor discharging zealous crusaders to holy causes. He does not orchestrate the burst and boom of thunder, nor display his fiery arrows, majesty across the sky, to bring his purpose to pass. When God wants something great done in this world, he sends a baby and then he waits. He sends a baby. You. He sends you and then he waits. He waits. He waits for the hunger, and he waits for the, he waits for you, because he wants something great done, and you're that something great. You, in this room, everyone, you hear my voice, you are something great. You are amazing in the hands of the potter. And he is ready to blow over the coals of our hearts. He is ready for the spirit of ecstasy to come upon you where you where you are not satisfied with anything less than him and his purpose and him in your life. And I'm telling you, the spirit of God is blowing over my heart, guys. And he may have had to wait too long, but he ain't going to be disappointed. And there's some of you in this room, the Lord has been waiting to blow over your heart in a new way and in a fresh way. And we've got to begin to mine and begin to tap into, here's what I told my wife this morning, it's not that the Holy Spirit needs to necessarily mature in us. We already have everything that we need inside. <laughs> we already have, if you've been born again and you've been spirit-filled, you already have the Spirit of God in you. It's really believing and having faith that He's there and allowing Him to have access and occupancy inside of you. And tapping in, making a draw, making a demand on Holy Spirit that when you're in a service or you're in the streets or wherever you are and God begins to highlight somebody, it's that, oh, Holy Spirit wants me to do something. And that I get my little thinking out of the way, my little believing out of the way and say, ooh, ooh, what do you want to do? What do you want to do? It's getting sensitive. 
again to the, to the wind of the Spirit, getting sensitive again to the, the breath of the Spirit of God inside of us. And I'm going to pray for you. <laughs> I'm going to pray that the Holy Spirit gets a hold of you. And if you noticed in your bulletin today, there were some scriptures there that I gave you to read next week, this week, about the Spirit of God. 